0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Thank you for joining us at Nikki Dare Radio on Blog Talk Radio, heard worldwide by millions of listeners, with your lovely host, Ms. Nikki Dare. Our podcast, hosted by Nikki Dare, is your home for education to safety and survival leadership, and inspiration. Nikki Dare is the founder of iDare, Inc., a registered 501c3 with its mission to educate and mobilize resources for preparedness and sustainability. iDare is a grassroots credo and personal mission based on its pillars of excellence, integrity, diversity, adaptation, resilience, and empowerment. Ms. Dare's personal mission, is to help you encounter your purpose by unlocking your inherent potential and finding joy in the journey. Nikki Dare is the published author of The Audacity of Veracity, a columnist, women in the field of Western Outdoor News, California's publication of fishing and hunting. Ms. Dare is a certified firearms instructor in rifle, shotgun, and handgun. RSO, range safety officer, and CERT, Community Emergency Response Training Member, a FEMA-certified training, women's advocate, transformational mentor, and a seasoned BPR change management consultant since her early 20s in transforming companies. And decades later, she is reinventing her purpose. Nikki Dare's life has been spent passionately in helping others going through transformation, both personal and professional. And now here's your lovely host, Ms. Nikki Dare. Now here's your host, Nikki Dare.
0: Hi, everyone. Oh boy, I feel so young again every time I hear that is in the background. Good morning. Uh, Thank you again for tuning in. Uh, Glad you can join me again. I'm Nikki Dare, your host at Idea Outdoors. Revisiting Hot Topic, a survival using mindset and color code of awareness, self-defense and personal safety. Earlier this year, if you recall, we kicked off this topic and gotten so much attention from our loyal listeners. So as a reference, concept of color code awareness was originally put forth by the late jeff cooper u s marine Corps each color code represents to the amount of danger as, uh, as i said, stated to which you are expo- exposed to at a given time. It refers to your current state of mind and willingness to take action regardless of real or imagined threats. We also stated that using mindset as such as the base uh, as the best safety tool to carry at all times may may heighten your awareness and allows you to see potential dangers or threats. So increasing your situational awareness may be the most important tool. I kind of like that word, tool, by the way. Uh, You may have to prevent and avoid to be the helper's uh, victim in a dangerous and harmful uh, situation, giving that window of opportunity to safely prepare and prevent you for potential threatening situations or conflict. We do agree that predators do seek easy targets, easy praise, those who are not aware and oblivious to their surroundings. So what is it? We must take full responsibility of our own safety at all times. That's what we must do to stay vigilant, alert to any potential threats that can harm or endanger your life and well-being. As important as it is to be of your environment, And the things occurring and happening in such environment, you must therefore also know how to handle the situation as they arise. Safety, therefore, is a state of mind. Personal safety is prevention. This morning, we will cover as review and to discuss how are the survival awareness tips have impact to us, each one of us in our daily lives. Are they really working? We will also discuss what takes place on the other side of the fence, What are some legal consequences, liabilities, if and when self-defense shooting or occurrences such as that took place? So I am exceptionally excited, as you can see, and humble this morning in my studio. I am armed with some great guests, of whom are good friends of mine and mentors of mine, Mr. Patrick Garrity and Mr. Joseph Silvoso.
2: Hello. Let me
0: introduce you both. Mr. Patrick Garrity. A dynamic individual who has came a long way <laughs> from corners internationally to our homeland. Brought with him a bundle of experiences, skills, and talents. Mr. Garrity is a former U.S. Marine Corps scout sniper. Armed with plenty, plenty of incredible talents. He's incredible, you guys. Skills from tactics, combative mixed martial arts related, trains and instructs civilians, military personnel, law enforcement, as well as, get this, Hollywood stars. I'm going to mention this, Mr. Garrity, or oh, hopefully you don't mind, that he was a technical advisor to Mark Wahlberg's movie star, The Shooter. And uh, I'm very proud of you. Mr. Garrity is a current range master and instructor at defensive farms training. While every day he is enjoying the sunny, beautiful central coast of California, I'm jealous. Welcome, Mr. Garrity. I'm very humbled to have you this morning on our show.
2: Well, thank you, Nikki. I appreciate the nice uh, intro- introduction from you.
0: Oh, well, good to be on the show. Serve. Oh, thank you, thank you. Likewise, I'm very humbled to have you on our show. Also with us, Mr. Joseph Sivoso, another very good friend who has helped me in my recent NRA National Rifle Association Women on Target event. Mr. Silvoso is an attorney of Michelle and Associates PC, based in Long Beach. His primary areas of practice are firearms law and criminal defense. Mr. Cervosa has represented numerous individuals charged with criminal violations. He has successfully defended clients in all manner of state charges, ranging from infractions to multi-count felony indictments with sentencing enhancements. He also has appeared in courts throughout California, While representing clients charged with driving under the influence of domestic violence, environmental crimes, local housing, health code violations, possessions of controlled substances, possessions of assault weapons, goodness, carrying firearms concealed, loaded, brandishing, possessions of illegal weapons, possessions of stolen property, prohibited person possessions of firearms, and many, many others on the list. While in law school, Mr. Silvoso worked with Prosecutor for the Orange County District Attorney's Office in the Hardcore Gang Unit. Mr. Cevoso is particularly well-versed in both California and federal farms laws, and he has researched and drafted many of the legal memoranda that makes available relating to farms issues. He has counseled hundreds of individuals over the years concerning state and federal farms laws and has represented farms dealers in proceeding with the Bureau of ATF. Alcohol, Tobacco, Farms, and Explosives, and the California Department of Justice. And um, nonetheless, I want to mention this before I <laughs> let you guys both uh, introduce yourself. I must mention that the book of Chuck Michels and Mr. Savoso as a contributor and Mr. Clinton Montfort put together called California Gun Laws, A Guide to State and Federal Farms Regulations. And the book is available on Amazon.com. All right, I'm talking too much, you guys. Let's hear from our guest, Mr. Garity. How are you? Good morning, Mr. Topota. Thank you so Good much for being on the show.
3: No, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited
0: right, to be right. here. Right, Mr. Topota, you're on the other line, right? I am. Yeah, Mr. Gary, I'm going to go uh, first with him. With your extensive background, tell us what are the types of different survivors out there, and elaborate on each of the color code awareness as we uh, mentioned earlier. How are the survival tips, situational awareness tips, impact? To anyone's daily lives, and are they? Perhaps you know you can suggest some real-life scenarios as well. And I will also uh, cover with Mr. Savosa some of the legal aspects, liabilities, and consequences, and few questions we can cover with him in relation to that and the after-facts. All right, go ahead.
2: Okay, so um, to start off, I guess the uh, different survival types that you're you're looking for here. There's different environments where survival tips need to be incorporated. Uh, you have a desert environment, a woodland environment, jungle environment, things like cold weather survival, uh, urban survival, even escaping and evading um, captors mm-hmm. or you know bad guys basically. Uh, mm-hmm. So you have these different types of survival environments that you need to be situationally aware in. Uh, some of the common themes among these different Survival scenarios, which is important to remember, because there are some underlying themes and, and commonalities to all of this. Is uh, one is always to remain calm. Uh, if you're in a group of people, um, say for example the recent uh, Boston Marathon shootings, uh, remaining calm and taking charge, um, you know, directing other people as to how to help in the situation is always important. Um, you know, in a lot of these survival situations, what's mainly important if it's going to be an extended period, uh, some good tips are to be able to find water, uh, food, uh, protection from the elements, and uh, that all leads into situational awareness as well. Um, mm. Speaking on situational awareness, you mentioned uh, the late Jeff Cooper, uh, former Marine and and a highly decorated firearms instructor, uh, started that color code of mental awareness. And uh, it first started out with four stages, but now has evolved to having uh, five stages, condition white, condition yellow, orange, red, and black. And uh, so these are very important to remember because situational awareness leads to or can lead to situational avoidance. Mm, if, and when, right. um, if and when something drastic does happen, uh, you're in the correct state of mind if you understand the situational awareness to be able to react to a situation and survive. Uh, and to elaborate on uh, right. on some of those conditions, you have condition white, mm-hmm. which means you're unaware and unprepared. Uh, this may be the condition you're in when you're sleeping, or you know, on vacation, or something like that. Where
0: basically relaxed. Some,
2: right, right. Uh, relaxed, aware, yeah. unprepared, and relaxed. And uh, this would be, um, you know, something similar to, you know, your, your mentality would be if, if something were to happen, you'd be thinking this can't really be happening to me. Um, so you're definitely unprepared. Um, condition yellow is more of a relaxed state of alertness, you know, okay. where um, you could be walking uh, back to your vehicle uh, from, you know, let's say a, a college girl is walking back to her vehicle uh, after a night class in a dimly lit parking lot, you know, you want to be at a relaxed state of alert thinking you're in a situation where something could happen uh, and you may be thinking to yourself, well, today could be the day that I get whatever that is, mugged or raped or attacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one level up from there would be condition orange, which is a specific alert, um, you know, where let's use the same college example, you um, Let's say the young lady is walking back to her vehicle at night in a dimly lit parking lot and there's somebody lurking about, um, maybe following you from your last class or uh, standing near your vehicle but not looking like they're getting into your vehicle or anything, there could be, uh, that could be considered a specific alert. And in your mind, you need to be prepared. If this person does X, I will need to stop them. Um, well, you, you, you know, already
0: have a plan what to do at this point. Correct. And you, 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 know, you, you do not know, you don't have enough data of this uh, threat first, right? So you kind of like lead on to, look, I will be staying safe at this point because it's a specific alert. You right. already you're wake up on this time, right? Yeah,
2: Yeah, you're basically just preparing yourself for a worst-case scenario in, in the event that something does happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, that leads into condition red, which is where the fight is on The person following you To your car In the parking lot Has now maybe brandished a weapon um, And now you realize there is a threat The line has been crossed They're approaching you uh, You know, In condition orange You may want to give some, some verbal Or visual cues to the person A lot of times If you just make eye contact With the person Or uh, recognize that they're there they will notice that you're not a soft target, you're more of a hard target, and they'll, they'll pass you up and go on to the next person that's not situationally aware. Mm-hmm. So orange is where you definitely want to uh, visually and possibly verbally um, address the specific threat, whereas right, right, right. whereas in condition red, right. that threat is already uh, engaging you, and you are engaging the threat, the line has been crossed, and you now have to be reactive. Uh, The final condition is condition black, which happens during the fight. Um, There's a breakdown of mental and physical performance due to things like an elevated heart rate, um, a spike in your adrenaline, which causes Mm -hmm. things like tunnel vision and um, uh, causes some some disruption in your decision-making process as well. This works both ways, though, for the attacker as well. Um, mm-hmm. You can always get into the oodle loop, uh,
0: right. the
2: attacker's right. OODA loop, and we can talk about that in another show. That's kind of a detailed thing. Right,
0: um, right. That's yeah, that's cool. Um, you know, this is this is more like um, what is that saying? Uh, you're half as good as you are in a, you know, like in a real life situation, than you are in training when you're out there. Correct. Yeah.
2: That has a lot to do with the adrenaline. Um,
0: right. You know, right. I mean, and it's per minute,
2: <laughs> right? And it has a lot to do with how much you've trained. You know, if you've
0: exactly. trained
2: for any type, any of these types of situations, your training takes over, and when that yeah. adrenaline spikes has accelerated, the more training you have in situational awareness and how to react to specific situations, the, the the easier it is for you to, or the more likely you will be to survive the situation
0: and Take control the less of that situation. Right, control Unless of that situation. Affected. Exactly. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. Um, any any insight from you, Mr. Savoso, in all of this? I know that we'll, uh, we'll be uh, talking sure. about the – yeah, go ahead. I'm
3: sorry. Uh, sure, actually, um, I guess part and parcel are hand-in-hand with what – um, Patrick is explaining uh, not only do you have to look out for your own personal safety, but um, you, a person um, preparing for that type of situation or just um, being prepared to be in the mindset um, where they may have to defend themselves, it's also important to uh, not only protect yourself, but know the limits of what you're able to do with respect to the law, Um, know and familiarize yourself with um, the legal ramifications for that, and we may touch on that a little bit later. Um, But that I would say, and and maybe Patrick Patrick will agree with me, that knowing the the legal ramifications, um, while certainly you want to make sure your safety is first and foremost, but knowing that afterwards and and what your choices may be, they may lead to um, other consequences somewhere down the road.
0: Yeah, whatever that you do, it will it will have consequences obviously and then it may change your life. Maybe uh you know, good, bad, uh we don't know. So, yeah, educate yourself with that. Go ahead, uh Patrick. Very very good.
2: Uh, absolutely right. I I definitely agree. Um there are ramifications and those laws vary from state to state. I'm I'm yes. sure Joe can, can can speak more about this, but I know in California, if there's an armed attacker in your home, and you give a verbal command, stop, put down your weapon, and they turn their back to you and leave your place. Uh, if you have a weapon and you engage that attacker as they're trying to leave, I know that there could be some repercussions for that. Whereas right. uh, in, in states like Texas, if someone's even just on your property, uh, mm-hmm. you're allowed to uh, do whatever to eliminate that threat uh, without... Very many legal ramifications. I know Joe could speak more on that, but uh, you know it's it's definitely something to take into consideration when you train uh, to train to do the properly the the proper thing and the, the more legal thing. Uh, but taking that into consideration and keeping all things into consideration, it would be um, it would be detrimental to. I, it's my opinion it would be detrimental to let um, the laws actually dictate your actions in a situation right. like that where your, your life is being threatened. You know, your, your main priority is the preservation of your life and your loved ones and those right. around you. Um, but it is, it is definitely important to take into consideration the, the legal ramifications and the, the, the laws according to your state as far as how you react to these situations.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, uh, pulling the trigger if you do have a gun or a weapon of some sort uh, may not be the, the best thing if that's not, you know. Anyway, uh, with that said, I think the questions, strings of questions that I have for Mr. Servoso, uh are this. What takes place after the shot being fired at the event, let's say, home invasion, uh, burglary or some kind of like that, when law enforcement ambulance arrives on the scene? In fact, what do a person expect after he or she called uh, 911 at the event of let's say self-defense shooting you know, what are the questions answers to expect from law enforcement when they do arrive on the scene and what are the legal consequences after these types of events took place
3: well I guess answering your your second question first, it's, it's important to keep in mind that um, you as an individual are responsible for every single round that comes out of that firearm, whether or not um, it hits the person you're intending or it goes through the wall, um, it goes through another person's wall or goes down the street or, or uh, something else happens. So it, it is a, very important to be mindful of the, the consequences of a, a self-defense shooting and um, and be aware of those consequences um, because once that occurs um, and uh, for example, let's, let's use a home invasion type situation Where you've had to defend yourself uh, from an individual That an individual is wounded and or on the ground um, And you have to call 911 uh, 911 will keep you on the phone And in fact in a lot of situations lock your phone From you being able to hang it up Or uh, use it to call somebody else So just keep that in mind to begin with um, also, right. when you call 911 and explain that um, firearms have been used or if the individual is armed with a firearm, uh, law enforcement will respond to the scene with that in mind. And so you can expect law enforcement, law enforcement more than likely to respond to the scene with firearms in hand. The most, important situa- the most important thing for you in that situation is now that you've survived the bad guy, uh, don't get hurt or killed by the good guy. Um, If it's safe to do so, uh, ground your firearm, approach law enforcement unarmed, explain to 911 um, your description, what you're wearing, say you're the owner of the house, or if you're staying at the house, you're awfully allowed to be there, explain to them the other individuals in the house, they can expect who to see what they're wearing. Um, And also from a liability standpoint, If anybody is injured or even if you are suffering some type of effects um, from that type of uh, unfortunate situation, elevated heart rate, you're feeling um, pains in your chest, obviously, um, call for an ambulance. Um, Certainly for the individual. If you've you've, um, harmed them or if they've gotten away and you think you've harmed them, call call an ambulance just in case, and then don't be afraid. Now is not the time to be macho. Uh, now mm-hmm, is the time mm-hmm. to look after your own health and make sure everything is okay with you when law enforcement responds. And so, calling for that ambulance um, is usually something we suggest and do anyway. Once law enforcement arrives on the scene, they're going to do what law enforcement does in those situations. Uh, they're going to they're going to make sure the whole the building is secure, make sure there's nobody else that they should be aware of hiding in closets or on the property. They'll probably sweep the area. They'll take the firearm into. Um, Custody now The firearm is no longer your firearm It's potentially evidence um, Mm -hmm. So you might not see that firearm For a little bit of time Uh, Then law enforcement is going to want to ask you questions Um, How you respond to those questions um, At the end of the day I'm not going to be standing right next to you And so that's something to keep in mind And a lot of people will feel very uncomfortable uh, doing what I would suggest, which would be, I'm sorry, officer, I'm not going to discuss anything further with you without a lawyer being present and ending the conversation right then and there. They're, they're concerned about um, looking guilty or invoking their rights may um, cause law enforcement to believe that they did something wrong. Um, that's, uh, while a logical concern, um, my my advice is more in lines of protecting you because far too often individuals will get involved with law enforcement after this highly stressed situation and say things that they wish they could backtrack later Goodbye. or don't Goodbye. necessarily mean, um, and those things become very very difficult for a criminal defense attorney to walk back. Um, exactly. You don't not saying anything or. Um, just invoking your rights to an attorney being present and not answering questions of law enforcement um, can and usually will protect you in a situation like that because it's going to be the attorney who's going to be talking to the law enforcement, and you won't see an attorney for a long period of time, so just keep that in mind. Um, the law enforcement officers is going to do the investigation. They'll look into everything, and then at that point you may be able to make a phone call to an attorney. You may be requested to come to back to the police station um, for potentially further questioning, which you shouldn't answer, um, or potentially a booking situation. But um, invoking that right and not discussing anything further with law enforcement would be advisable.
0: So in the meantime, doing uh, while the law enforcement investigating process of all of this takes place, um, they, they, they may treat you like a bad guy, one of the bad guys, right? I mean, you know, even though, I mean, just comply to them. Whatever they ask you to do, just comply to them. But at the same time, do it in a legal way. I mean, like like you said earlier, um, wait until their attorney is right by your side. Don't say anything that's going to backfire, and they can backtrace, and then it's going to be difficult for your attorney to uh, to defend you. Um, you know when it does happen. So that's very uh, good. yes,
3: uh, yeah, absolutely. Law enforcement's tasked with getting all the information uh, from the situation that they can, and they can they can legally. Once you invoke that right to an attorney, they should not be pressing you for anything further, but that doesn't, seem, that doesn't mean their investigation stops then and there. They're going to take a look at the house that this person broke in. They're going to see the evidence of a break-in. Um, they may take statements from other witnesses um, who were there um, or neighbors who may or may not have overheard anything, um, but you don't want anything that you didn't mean to say or you said um. and it was mis. Uh, misphrased by you as a result of the adrenaline pumping through you at that point, and that did go in a report and reflect badly in the decision at the end of the day because situations like this get looked at by a lot of people. The officers right. responding to the scene, their supervisors, a detective may get involved at that point. Um, If they refer the case to the district attorney's office, a DA will get involved, and then eventually the prosecutor is handling the case, a judge, and then potentially a jury. So it's going to go hopefully not, but it can potentially through a lot of hands. You don't want things to get skewed um, or misstated and have that to have a number of consequences on you later.
0: Well, all of this process is pretty much state-by-state state, uh, standard, right, uh, nationwide. I mean, there's no legality, jurisdiction, everything like uh, Patrick was stating was a little bit different. So check within your state uh, jurisdiction, what are the state laws and everything? Uh, Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, and
3: Patrick Patrick was dead on with respect to the use of force. Once that individual starts to flee and the threat to you goes away, um, you can't can't start discharging firearms. Um, Once the threat ends and that person's either running away or you've, uh, in another unfortunate type of situation, uh, you get a couple shots off and you wing the individual, and that individual is not going to get back up again, uh, though... Maybe still alive You can't finish them off either Once that person's either unconscious Or or the threat to you ends um, Your time to act has passed And anything further um, Could be either Criminally and don't forget civilly Um, You may be completely justified In your shoot (laughs) And and law enforcement officers May have no problem with the the legality of your shoot On the criminal level But that's not to say that uh, that bad guy who entered your house um, looking to do bad things or take things from you and your family um, doesn't have family that's looking for some type of um, lottery ticket as a result of this <laughs> happening. So so keep yeah. that in mind, too, um, right. that you're not 100% free and clear once the officers go away and they call the clean shoot.
0: A couple of things for me. Uh um... Mr. Savosa is uh one i mean you mentioned about you know make sure be sure of your surrounding when you hit the target and everything that applies to firearm safety rule number four, four. <laughs> be sure of your target and around your target because you are responsible for every bullets and every runs that you uh, you shot downrange yes absolutely and second thing too um i i had a question that was pretty interesting now um you mentioned that you know when the the bad guy is wounded down on the ground. Uh, now what? I mean, do you do you call an ambulance at that time or do you wait until the law enforcement arrives on the scene? I mean, you know, because I mean, uh, you feel sorry for the guy. It's like, what do you do? <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind of no, like I, me, I, say, oh, I was, man, I would I strongly <laughs> suggest,
3: yeah, once you're able to, and you bring up to, and, and that brings up two good points. Uh, once you're able to and safely make that call. Um, yeah. Hopefully, you've been able to make the call ahead of time. But if you're not able to, uh, once you're able to safely make sure that you and your your family are safe, and you make that call, absolutely. If he's injured or she is injured on the ground, um, that will certainly help protect you, uh, specifically for civil liability. Uh, that you're doing everything you can that may have mitigated that person's injuries. Um, if uh, some uh, I'm a member of the California State Bar, but some of the some of my fellow members are not exactly the most reputable of members, um, and they seek a case against you for that person's injuries, despite the fact that they broke into your house, threatened your family. Uh, they're looking for money, um, so keep that mm-hmm. in mind. And then, of course, it makes sure it's tactically safe to do so. Um, okay. If you're holding that person at gunpoint, do so from a safe position where. Um, his or her buddies might not be able to get to you because you don't know who may be outside um, and coming mm-hmm. in. Um, and certainly, if you're still holding that person at gunpoint when law enforcement responds, you should have told 911 ahead of time that you were armed, holding them at gunpoint. Um, and then, so law enforcement, they will show up with firearms in <laughs> hand in that situation. Yeah, you right, don't exactly. want to. Yeah, be you shot. don't get shot <laughs> after you've you've protected yourself and you exactly. survived probably the most dangerous situation in your life.
0: Great, great inputs, and those are just great input. What do you think, uh, coming coming from the marine uh, background, everything, Mister Garrity?
2: Uh, you hit it right on the head with the fourth firearm safety rule. You you are responsible for every round. You be aware of your target. Consider the background as well as the foreground. You may, in the event that the adrenaline is spiking and it's a reactionary situation, um, you may you may miss, and that round may. Uh, go through a wall and hit somebody next door or down the street. Um, you know that that is a very likely scenario. So that is something you want to incorporate into your training. Are um, you know uh, uh, safety violation or s- safety rule four violation? Safety
0: rule number four, right? Right. I uh, mean, you're a thing, marine, so you you, you handle with a bigger ba- caliber, right? I assume <laughs> bigger ones. The way, than that. the way
2: we were taught the way we were taught to handle situations was with equal or lesser force. Um, yes. You use equal. If if you're being shot at with a, a gun, then you're shooting back with the gun. If you're being attacked with a knife, then you're at least attacking back with the knife or your hands. So you're always using equal or lesser lesser force is what keeps you out of trouble. Mm-hmm. But getting back to the training part of this, um, and your question about when do you call nine one one and what do you do after it, you know, going on the example of a home invasion scenario where a shooting has taken place and you have. You have had to discharge your firearm. Um, you know, in, in training, what I always advise for home defense scenarios is that um, you don't just have a weapon, you know, next to your bed or near you in a safe. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that, you know, that is, that is part of it. The training on the marksmanship and the weapons manipulation is part of it, but also you have to take in the entire scenario um, into consideration. You know, what I recommend people do is they have one of those duty belts or a cartridge belt or a webbing belt that has uh, not just a holster for the weapon, but a spare magazine or two, a flashlight, as well as a first aid kit with surgical gloves so that you don't uh, get yourself injured. And if if you are in the position where the threat has been incapacitated and you can render first
0: of time you guys some slides when we're having fun <laughs> great information great resources as always and uh, there is a session too on friday at 10 o'clock pacific time learn this color code of awareness because this could very well save your life and your loved ones and learn your legal rights and liabilities educate yourself state for state i'm very humble to have you both patrick garrity as always and Jessica silvoso very very Great of you both, gentlemen, to, uh, to, to share your time uh, with us in the studio this morning. Please come back and join us again, hopefully Friday at 10 o'clock Pacific time. Any last thoughts, insights you would like to convey to our listeners, please?
2: Uh, keep, keep training. That's, that's all I ever recommend
3: is continue to train.
0: Mr. No, Sifoza? Abs-
3: absolutely. I would echo that from, uh, from Patrick. Um, stay abreast of the current laws and um, be very aware of them.
0: I, I hope to see you both at the range. I know that you're going to be, I hope that I see you next month, Mrs. Savoso And then, Patrick, hopefully you train me again and, um, you know, shooting from the long distance as well. <laughs> All right. Again, thank you so very much, uh, both gentlemen. Thank you so much, Mr. Garrity. Thank you so much, Mrs. Savoso. I'm very humbled to have you both here. In the meantime, be safe, stay safe, stay vigilant, and stay in condition yellow. Watch your six. I'm Nikki Dare, your host, signing off. See you next time. Thank you, gentlemen.
1: You have been listening to Nikki Dare's Radio, a podcast of sustainability, with your host, Ms. Nikki Dare. To learn more, please visit Ms. Dare's website, education.nickydare.com. Workshops on safety preparedness, situational awareness are available. Also available, the Transformational Coaching Series. For corporate and private group pricing, please contact us. She also offers both private and group classes and firearms training, handgun, rifles, and shotgun for individuals and families and home invasion scenarios. For details on Nikki Dare's outdoor hiking, yoga, and her other outdoor activities, and her passion for fitness and upcoming classes, please visit her website, NikkiDare.com. Join the community conversation to network and learn on different outdoor fun on her website. NikkiDare.com slash freeforum. Follow her on LinkedIn and her social media, Twitter, Instagram, Google, Pinterest, and Facebook. Or simply watch her tutorial videos, you can subscribe to her YouTube channel, Nikki Dare. All about her books and inspirational quotes can be found on her website, books.nikydare.com. Check out her newest website, travel.nikydare.com for all travel resources, savings, and tips. Her calendars, both of living and purpose and passion, as well as her exclusive edition of Firearms Safety, are available for order on her website, NikkiDare.com. All of her broadcasts are available for free download on iTunes podcast, Nikki Dare. For more details on opportunities for sponsorships and speaking engagement, please email us at Education at NikkiDare.com. Join her next time. Living in purpose and passion. Our mission is to live a sustainable life. With your host, Nikki Dare.